ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary and my patron peeps, uh, be kind out there, patrons. You know, be kind to yourself right now. Pat your back, kiss your shoulders, uh, hold your elbows. Let's do a little elbow holding. And then think about doing that figuratively for somebody tomorrow when you see them out there in the world. Even if it's just, a, you know, an internal, you're doing a good job, human. Keep that, keep up that walk. And uh, you do it for me. Let's spread the, spread the, spread the elbow holding around. Uh, all right. Thanks, patrons. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is send my voice across the deep, dark night and uh, try to take your mind off whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, travel for you or someone else, uh, changes in schedule, you know, routine changes or, you know, changes in routine you know, no, you know what kind of change doesn't get any credit? Routine changes. They say, those kind of changes say, well, I'm not getting, you know, I mean, I guess the grandmothers would say, change your underwear. It's kind of a routine change. I, do, I hope so. Uh, but that, that routine change, other than with grandmothers and nanas, who really don't give credit, they just kind of remove credit. Uh, maybe we'll come back to that and give routine changes give routine changes the credit they're finally due if i remember it. i'm crossing my fingers uh but this is for changes in your routine or routine you know it changes you know when whatever's keeping you awake i'd like to distract you from that and to keep you company uh, here tonight uh, to be your friend now the way i'm going to do it is a bit different than other other uh, i guess it's a other sleep things uh I'm just laughing because I said, well, what else is it? But it's a bit different. So don't if you're new, don't try too hard to make sense of this podcast or even to like it. Just say, kind of view it as a, a new, if you can, view it as a neutral object here for to put you to sleep and see how it goes. Because I'm going to use creaky dulcet tones, which takes some adjusting, pointless meanders, with lots of those, going off topic, off tangent, not making sense. Of uh, fill, filler words, uh, I have filler words full of filler. You see, wh- Scrooge, tell me the content of your filler words. Are they just letters with actually, you know? And I say, well, do, uh, you know, this because then they say, I try to push the sawdust, uh, you know, with my feet. I say, no, uh, and they say, grade Z, Scrooge, why do you have four pallets of grade Z flour? And, you know, it's nine pallets of sawdust. Is that filler for your fill? Do you fill your filler words with filler? And I say, fill her up with filler words. That's the Sleep With Me podcast slogan. And so I'm going to use filler words. But here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm your, your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar sib, your barbara, your boar bud, whatever you're comfortable with, boar cuz. Uh, boar bestie, maybe I'll earn that title uh, for, you know, the few of the proud, the boar bays. Uh, or I could just be your boar, boar like boar, eh, like I'm fine with that. That's really a success for me. 
You see, well, describe your relationship with the scooter that you passively listen to at night. Uh, would you consider him your boyfriend? Eh, boyfriend. Boar bud. Man, boar bud. Man. What words would you describe uh, your relationship with? Uh, boar. It's like a boar. Boar. You know, eh. Oh, okay. We got it. We we understand now. Now, if you're new, you might not understand. So let me, uh, I already forgot what I crossed my fingers for. So by the way, uh, but so if you're new, it, you, here's the thing. Cause I said, why are my fingers crossed? I think I thought of something that I was going to talk about. It wasn't filler words. So, oh, routine changes. So I remembered that. So I do go off topic a lot. If you're new, here's the structure show. Show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the show going and free. And if you're new, it's not super important. If you're a regular listener, pretty important. Especially if you're a listener that falls asleep on, in the intro and listens like five or six nights a week. But if you're new, no big deal. Then there's an intro. The intro is it is not an advertisement. It's a show within a show. If you're new, it's a show you may not you may not want to stick around for, or you may not want to pay attention to. And that's the kind of thing like. Uh, a large number of people listen to it as they're getting ready for bed and unwinding. Some listeners fall asleep during it. Uh, other people listen during the day, and some people skip over it. There's no wrong way to use the intro, but it's a long, I would say it's aptly described as a long, drawn-out intro. Something I could say in two minutes, I'm pointlessly meandering. I wouldn't say pointlessly meandering. I mean, I'm here for a point, to put you to sleep, and... Not getting to the point is how what I do, so it's more like I'm demonstrating. You know, we we always talk about this. My incompetence, my competence by incompetence, or my incompetency for competency makes me competent. And here's another thing: it actually makes me confident. I'm pretty sure for people that are works for, if you give it to two or three tries, I hope I can help you. So the intro is uh, where I try to describe what the show is and don't succeed. Uh, it neither puts you to sleep or hopefully it sets up the mood where you know what you're in for. Goofing around and tangential thinking and filler words, stuff with filler. That's bonus filler, by the way. You know, grade Z flour and sawdust. I was going to say they don't grow on trees, but I realized that they both grow. Um... But so that's the intro. Then there's a little bit of business between the show, the intro and the show. Then there's the the show. Tonight, uh, it'll be an episode of talking about an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, barely, in a way that doesn't really, you say, huh, that's, that was a TV show, that was an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, where Wesley had a dorm room. Is that all that happened? Well, there was a lot that took place in that dorm room. Are you sure it was a dorm room? Well, let me look that up and see. Uh, that would be short for dormitory. So that'll be what the coverage of Next Generation will be like. It'll be friendly. It'll be, you know, it'll be to put you to sleep. Now, here's a strange quirk of the show. You're under no pressure to fall asleep because there are listeners that I'm here for till the very end. What? So whether you're awake or asleep, I'm going to be your companion in the deep, dark night. I'm going to be here giving it my all. Uh, so you can fall asleep whenever you wish, but don't feel any pressure. I'll be here to keep you company for an hour plus, and there's two, uh, you know, two episodes a week, an hour plus, so you could string them back to back if you need to. Uh, so I'm here to help, and 
There's also, I think I clearly demonstrated it, but you really don't need to listen to me or pay any attention. Or as the grandmothers would say, don't pay him any mind. Uh, he's a bad boy. He was, he's not a bad boy. He, he's a not bad boy. We even use that to describe me, but that was how I've always been described. Right when they're, they lick their thumb and they wipe something off my face. This has happened to me so many times, right when I say, Hey, I just made you laugh. What do you think about you and I, uh, go, you know, going out sometime? Then a uh, grandmother appears, licks her thumb tries to put down my cowlicks on my head that don't go down, wipes off my face. They say, oh, you're here with a little Andrew. Uh, oh, you look like you're in the bad boys. He's a not bad boy. He's not a bad boy. He's not bad. Uh, and then, that, so that's what, at least that's what happens in my brain. Okay, so the, what I was saying, you, you don't need to listen to me. I'm here to keep you company. The structure of the show. I think that's everything you need to know. Uh, but I also like to do some low power empowerment here, you, you, like uh, like a trickle charge. Uh, you know, thinking about what we said, like routine changes really don't get. They, they could use a little extra empowerment, maybe, because uh, you have changes in your routine. They can, you know, you say, well, school year starts or a change in the weather. And then there's uh, changes in your routine. Then if your routine changes, that's a little bit different. Only in the sense, I think if your routine changes, that says, well, I'm going to switch it up here. Like a change in your routine maybe is an external force. Routine changes is when you say, I'm changing my routine. A subtle difference. But then there's a third thing, like a routine changes which are changes that are just like one would be we the routine changes may say changes that are taken for granted. And I would say, let me pat you on the back, routine changes. And I could see the moon raising its hand if it had a hand to raise and say, hey, what about me? And I'd say, yeah, you probably don't get it. I mean, you get a lot of credit. Uh, and some may say you get too much credit. But at the same time, yeah, we do kind of take you for granted, Moon. And you really are impressive, in my opinion. And I don't believe that. I mean, I believe that sometimes I see it as a routine change when it's really amazing. Also, no offense, Moon. I don't mean to quibble. But you're not actually changing it. We're just our way of, it's really the sun and the earth. Uh, so I don't know if you should be getting it. Like, you're just kind of out there. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think Moon just shed a tear. Come here. Come on in, Moon. Yeah, good night, Moon. Maybe we could move on to it. Are there any other routine changes here to get credit? Changing underwear. We covered that. So you can move on. Uh, socks changes. Uh, running out of cereal. That's a little bit. T- I don't know if that is a routine change. Uh, okay. Grocery shopping. That's too, that's too, you know, I don't want to think about that. I mean, I'll tell you, all the all the other changes we may make that I may forget about, uh, that I don't take for granted, I'll just make a blanket apology in the form of an ode, because uh, I haven't done any odes. Oh, routine changes. Oh, how we take them for granted. Low are your feelings like the moon high in the night sky. Uh, which is the best example 
of uh, um, the moon may feel underappreciated and that it's a brilliant night sky when we could see it uh, and when we imagine that the moon is doing that itself uh, of its own volition and not that the sun and the earth and some shadow stuff is doing it. Uh, uh, and I'm just kidding, moon. When I give you a hard time, that means we're friends. Uh, oh, moon. Oh, planet. Are you a planetary object? Uh, you, oh, you know who, you know, moon who would say, hold the phone will be Pluto. I mean, I guess it's at this point in my life, it's a routine change. Every few years, they say, planetoid, planet. And you, who would think that that would become a routine change that you would even forget about? You'd say, well, I'm not, I've, I've not bothered anymore. I'll wait till I, someone corrects me when I say, oh, there's nine planets. No, actually. You say, oh, there's ten. No, actually. It's not a planet. And, and, and some people say, Scooch, you imagine that whole thing. Pluto's been, I say, well, that's great news for Pluto. I guess that there's no routine change when it comes to you. Also, the moon is kind of uh, saying it needs more. To, oh, moon, don't be sad. We really love your changes. Uh, they stir so much in us, moon. Uh, and let us know the feeling in our heart. Uh, the brilliance uh, on your pale skin awakens in us uh, uh, something deeper, something that dances in the nightly splendor, uh, bathed in your light, oh moon. There is nothing mundane about you, and sorry we took you for granted, all the earthlings, uh, people here. Also, with the asterisks and the hard work of the sun and the earth and, and whatever other stuff. Uh, and, but all credit goes to you, Moon. Anyway, I got to get back. Sorry, Moon. I got a, I got a podcast I'm in the middle of the intro for. It can't really make it. Can, and I, sorry, Pluto. I do not have time to make amends on behalf of Earth uh, or astronomy. Uh, you'll have, we'll get back to you one day. Okay, everybody, I'm back. Uh, Never, don't, uh, engaged personified planetoids. Whoop, I just slip of the tongue there. Sorry, Pluto. Uh, heavenly, heavenly objects. Don't have, yeah, oh, heavenly objects. I'll get back to you soon. Right now, I get back to the sweet heavenly ears of this listener. So I'm here to help. Uh, podcast a little bit different, clearly. I think you just, uh, I displayed that, uh, but give it a few tries. See if it helps. I've been there. That's why I make this show, tossing and turning, and not able to sleep. And I believe you deserve a good night's sleep. You've earned it being out there in the world. I'm laughing because I could see the moon and Pluto peeking in, saying, what about our... I said, you've earned your odes, moon and Pluto. Uh, but this isn't the ode cast, uh, the big podcast of odes uh, to objects. Uh, but I'm glad you're here. I hope I, I yearn and I strive and I really want to help you fall asleep. Thanks so much uh, for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show uh, going. All right, hey, everybody, we're talking uh, Season 5, Episode 19 of Star Trek The Next Generation, The First Duty, which always makes me say The First Duty and giggle. Uh, this is a West-centric episode. It takes place uh, starting 45703.9, headed to Earth. 
for the big graduation. Current state uh, commander says, uh, he uses those words, I think, the current state of, uh, maybe he says, uh, yo, what's our current state? I don't know why I have current state written there. To, oh, no, that was a question of myself to look up, which we did. Uh, good news is Wesley's on the uh, flight team. That's great news. And everybody's excited. And then we do Troy Picard and uh, Riker take a road, like a trip down memory road. Uh, they say, send my regards to Superintendent Brand, a formidable woman in Picard's formation in life. And Riker talks about his Vulcan superintendent who memorized uh, all, every page of everyone's uh, personnel file, like having your parents around all the time. And Picard talks about a betazoid telepath uh, uh, who, when you got called to the office, they already knew, you know, they already knew what you were up to. And Riker goes, Commander, you've been in the superintendent's office? I'd like to hear that story. Uh, but then Picard gets a call from current Admiral Brand with uh, Wesley Crusher and the flight team. Uh, one of their ships ran out of gas, and it was because of poor planning. And so that's not good. It's uh, like uh, so. Then Picard has to talk to Doctor Crusher about it, uh, and AKA uh, in the situation, Mama in the situation. Yeah, but he too is to tell Dr. Crusher, and she's kind of using uh, cognitive dissonance, talking about metropan, uh, bicarbonate, substitutes, uh, saying Wes is fine. He won't be in trouble at all for running out of gas. And Picard goes, well, it was during practice for the graduation show, and uh, he goes, you know, this is just not, uh, not good. His uh, best friend already left school, Josh. And she goes, left school? He goes, yeah, left school for the big, big, the big, uh, the big uh, flight team in the sky, beyond, you know, the sky above space. Uh, and they say, oh dear. And then the episode opens there, I think. Uh, yeah, Picard keeps, you know, keeps trying to reassure. Then we see San Francisco in the Academy or the Golden Gate Bridge. That's where the Academy is. And Brand's filling the parents in on the gas running out situation. And uh, uh, Commander Alpert's there, Joshua's dad, who left school and left the flight team to join another flight team with real wings. And they say, should we cancel graduation? They say, no way. Students need to know there's still duties to perform. What does this say? Bar- Barack and Picard. Imagine if Barack and Picard teamed up in a brand and Picard talk. Uh, and Picard says, do you need any help at all? Uh, if you do, I'm happy to help. I got a whole starship of people up there uh, ready to go. And she goes, well, it's good to see you. I wish it was under other circumstances. He goes, yeah, am I speaking at this commencement? Uh, and she says, yeah, we're going to, you know, we got to do, how'd you not, how'd you run out of gas? We got to look into it and have a hearing about it. Uh, so that's it. Then we get to, then, uh, it said, oh, did I put, is he meddling or is he helping? But I don't think Picard really meddles in anything. Then we see Wesley's doing some PT in his uh, dorm room. 
uh, with his arm and or his wrist. Uh, no, he's doing an arm thing, I think. Uh, let's see, I'm ahead of the regular episode. He's got a telescope near his bed. We see his desk. We see Noid Roll model. Novroll. There's a model of the Enterprise there, the old Enterprise maybe. I don't know what Nod Roll is, so. And then Picard and Crusher show up at his dorm room. And just like if your parents showed up at your dorm room, I mean, sometimes when you know they're going to visit, I guess he knew they were going to visit, but he says he doesn't really want them there. And he doesn't want to talk about the, the running out of gas or his friend leaving uh, to go to, you know, the wing, to join the, the wings, uh, the super wings. Uh, and they're talking, you know, they're trying to get, they're trying to care for Wes. He's trying to be independent, you know, independent, uh, but he's a little closed off. And then there's another knock at the door uh, near his bed. Another knock. It's a squadron leader, Mr. Locarno. I get all the names mixed up. I think his name's Nick, though. And this guy, Nicholas, he hits every note in the book, man. He knows how to play adults like a tune. And he says, yeah, we were sorry we ran out of gas. Totally messed up, uh... I got to take, you know, I'm a commander. I got to take it serious, you know. And then he says, then I think Wesley says, mom, father figure, please excuse us. And then some serious discussion happens between Nick and Wesley. He says, just I'm serious, Wes. And Wesley says, don't be so serious. It's going to be fine. Don't make serious faces. You're making serious faces with a serious Wesley face. And there's serious Wesley face music, uh, but still gets a loss from mom. Still gets a loss from mom, loss from mom, look from mom, love from mom. She says, let me know. Oh, maybe she gives him a kiss and a hug goodbye. Kiss, yeah, there's K-I-S-S. It looked like L-O-S-S with my handwriting. She still kisses him goodbye. Because I think she was there as a role as mother and not as Dr. Crusher. Uh, the Picard, you know, that, that's when Locarno says, Wes, are you ready? Don't worry. So we already had the serious Wes face. He says, stick together. Then we get another Wes face, a serious Wes face. And then we see Picard strolling the grounds of the Academy. We see the famous actor Ray Walston, who we'll talk about, who's playing the role of Hagrid, it seems like, uh, and he's yelling about his flower bed and kids trampling in it. And his name's Boothby. He goes, can't you? And first of all, what kind of starship, what kind of cadets are walking through flower beds? I mean, seriously, that should be instant expulsion. So I, I can't believe, like, I'm not surprised he's mad. And Picard says, Boothby, what's, what's shaking? And he goes, Picard, class of 27. And Boothby goes, yeah, you used to have hair. And he goes, uh, how are you? He goes, cranky. He goes, this flower bed situation. And Ricard goes, how about I give you a hand? And he goes, you? You didn't like uh, green things back in the day. And uh, Ricard goes, well, I'm into it now. And he goes, don't plant them too deep. Because, and then they say, they jinx. They say, stems will rot. Jinx, buy me a Coke. And we see the father figuring of Boothby because he says, Captain Picard of the Enterprise, no less, commencement speaker. 
And he says, you seem surprised. He goes, well, not surprised, totally surprised. He goes, nothing surprises me and everything surprises me. Remember that thing with the Lagonian? He goes, and I think you could pull that off. And Picard goes, it was for my love of running, which I didn't realize Picard was runner. Maybe I did and I forgot. Yeah, he goes, it's all in the legs. Uh, and then Picard, as he always does, sets a great example. He makes amends with Boothby. He goes, look, I wouldn't have graduated if you didn't, you know, help me out. And uh, I'm sorry, I never said thank you. And Boothby goes, don't worry about it. You made a mistake, and people make mistakes. And he goes, you did what you do. You're doing your best. And he goes, I just want to make sure you listen to that voice inside you, the one that the right. You know, I was just trying to help. And Picard goes, why? Well, at the time, I couldn't accept that help. I thought you were uh, mean. And he goes, I was. And he goes, and by the way, when I back then, when I seemed so uh, ancient, I'm the same age as you are now. And Ricard goes, yeah, and this is like foreshadowing kind of, but it's good exposition too. Ricard goes, yeah, I gave you the silent treatment. He goes, well, you had to get your act together. And he goes, look how you turned out. Just great. And Ricard goes, you know the uh, flight team's situation? And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I know them all. Let's see. I know them all. This just stops Picard short uh, with the way he says it. Like, oh boy, you have some info. Uh, then brush the dirt off the shoulders. Uh, I, I, I think that really happens. Somebody, I don't know if it's Picard or Boothby, brushes the dirt off their shoulders. Uh, just like Jay-Z would. And then Josh is playing uh, leader. My high point uh, into jealousy. So Josh is playing leader. He says, like, follow my example. Anybody nervous, uh, don't worry. Oh, being leader was the high point of my years at the academy. You guys are a great team. And then Josh is, like, uh, showing the simulation of the diamond slot Z plus 25 club Jaeger loop or something. This is during the hearing when they ran out of gas. Uh, Five-degree climb. And and they say that's when Josh's ship ran out of gas and uh, up by Jupiter. And they say, okay, well, who was in charge of the gas your flight plan? Because it doesn't seem like you're following the flight plan that you did. And they go, well, you, you, no, we followed the flight plan. They go, really, Cadet uh, Ajar? And they say, how do they, how is that possible? Well, it's still within the parameters of our flight plan. And they go, well, yeah, we changed the flight plan, but we were planning the fl- not the planning of the flight. Uh, and uh, sorry, it should have been more precise. Uh, and they go, well, uh, what was up with one ship running out of gas? Uh, did you see it when it stalled out? And they go, no. And then they ask Cito, they say, did you see it? Because you were in the back. No, I didn't see it. Uh, Were you paying attention? Kind of. I was looking at my sensors. I didn't uh, have visual contact. Uh, Also, Richard, uh, oh, this was like a bit like Top Gun hot shots. I put, like, he goes, what do you think you're Top Gun? Low apogee turn did not match flight plan. Richard fancies... uh, one of the two, he's the Vulcan. 
He's very orange. Reminds me of somebody. He said, you saw nothing. I liked how he said that. Did your attention falter? And then when they said, no, I wasn't paying attention. We were going on sensor readings. Everybody does a WTF. Uh, so much so that Picard has to whisper to Beverly, what's a WTF? Uh, and she, they go, well, that's weird. And nobody for sensor readings. And then uh, the bell gets rung. It turns out they're going 80,000 kilometers an hour. I think the bell got rung for order in the court. Uh, yeah, let's say order in the court, sensor readings. Uh, and they say, you, you, Brand, that's Admiral Branch. He says, what are you doing? You're going 80,000 miles an hour and you didn't even know how much gas was in all the shifts? Uh, holy cow. And then Nick goes, well, uh, Admiral, a change in plan. Nick or uh, Josh uh, really liked to put his, he was a lead foot. Uh, he wasn't going at the right standard efficiency, so it threw off our mathematical models. Uh, you know, because they say 55 or 65, and Josh said, well, no, no, no. I have a different concept of efficiency and fuel. And so it was kind of Josh's fault because he was like, uh, once he knew he was running out of gas, he tried to go faster instead of trying to get, get refill or let us know. And they said, you knew he liked to drive in a not, you know, what do they call that when the hybrids try to, uh, and they go, yeah, hypervolting or something. I don't know what it's called, but I know what you, hypermilling. And they go, you knew that and you, he didn't do that and you still let him fly? And they go, not good. Uh, oh, boy. And they go, you, you, this is Mr. Hotshot, I put. He totally blames uh, Josh. So Brand is not happy with their lack of judgment. Uh, and they go, don't worry. We'll have the flight recorder information from Wes's thing tomorrow. And she rings a bell. And then Nick tells the rest of the team, everything's fine. Trust me. Uh, nothing to worry about. Uh, then we're back uh, on the Enterprise. Picard's meeting with Jordy and Data. He goes, we got to get West out of this pickle here. How the heck did they run out of gas? West wouldn't, uh, you know, Wes is could be concerned about those things. He would have made sure every ship had the right amount of gas. And if it didn't, that they would fill up on gas for everybody. So, uh, and they say, well, uh, we'll work on it, Commander. Uh, then we're in the dorm room, and uh, the, the flight team's meeting, and they go, I can't believe you blame Josh for that. Uh, Nick says, I got to do something. And Wes goes, well, I don't believe in LIEing. And, and he goes, we're, not, we're just not telling the full situation. And he goes, Wes says, this has nothing to do with hypermilling or whatever they could call it here now. And Nick goes, look, he goes, uh, this is the truth. He, he didn't, he wasn't perfect in his efficiency. And Wes goes, well, we don't know that. Perfections, he goes, that's, uh, we don't have data to prove that. And he goes, of course we do. Uh, he goes, he goes if, you, if we all had the same amount of gas, why did he have less gas? Wes, come on, it's easy. And one of the other people backs him up, uh, says, okay. And Nick goes, I know you want to make Josh look good, Wes, uh, but uh, he goes, we got to watch our own banks. Uh, he goes, uh, what do you want us to do? Tell him that we didn't, maybe we uh, 
didn't actually pay attention. We didn't actually pay attention. Amount of we didn't check our gauges before we left. Really want to submit that. We'll be out of the academy. I mean, you can't. What if you were? There's no way they're gonna trust somebody. If you can't get to Jupiter and back, they say, well, you'll never get to, you know, 47 beta Z in the outer rim. And West goes, I don't know. And he goes, just don't give any information out. You don't have to lie. You just don't give out any new information. And then he goes, super flyboy. He goes, look, man, I picked, I handpicked you and I wanted you on here. And Josh, Chuck, Chuck, oh, yeah. He goes, I told, let me, I don't know. Let me see. Uh, but Josh totally is like, come on, uh, Wes, we're best friends. Uh, this is about these team, you know, flight team, man. Uh, then we have Wes a solo practicing and like his flight recorder stuff. Uh, and uh, so he says, uh, oh, they still talk about, I can count on you. You made a promise, promise. We're Nova squadron team. We've got to stay a team. Then Wes is prepping for trial. Josh's dad, he gives Wes a sweater that Josh had uh, from their ski trip in Calgary. And Wes is, uh, he says, I heard you tutor Josh in mathematics, statistical mathematics. Uh, he goes, Josh was really dr- driven to do Excel at the Academy, never gave up. Uh, but I'm sorry he didn't check his gas gauge, Wes. Really embarrassing for us and the family. Uh, so I'm sorry about that because uh, he kind of brought. He didn't check his gas gauge, and it took a it took a, and he didn't drive with excellent efficiency. And then uh, Wesley's uh, on stage, and he uh, kind of shows a video, kind of how they came out of Titan's gravity or Titian's gravity, and he explains, yeah, this is what happened. Uh, total baloney. And right in, in every, as in every courtroom drama, he walks right into it because uh, uh, they say, uh, well, tell us about that Jaeger loop. Uh, uh, they go, anything else other than about the running out of gas and, you know, that it was totally, uh, you, you were all surprised. You didn't know that you didn't check everybody's gas, like gas buddies. That's part of the Nova Squadron. Wes says, no, and they say, okay, but what about this Jaeger loop? Explain it. And Wes goes, we start in the diamond, then you loop back, uh, then you loop over, then you go in a new direction. And they go, and you're a flight team, so you stayed in formation, and Wes goes, totally. And they go, totally in formation. And they go, Wes goes, yep. And then they go, okay, show the uh, dash cam from the satellites. And they go, you were in a circle, not a door, diamond, uh, when you were in your Jaeger loop. Uh, are these in the diamond formation, Wes? He goes, no. And they go, what the heck? Uh, and Wes, they go, what's the, what's your explanation? And Wes goes, I don't got one. Navicon G or six three seven nine. That's no diamond loop. That is some effing circle, they say. Diamond slot, my rear end. That was my emphasis, I think. Uh, and then Beverly goes, uh-oh. And she goes to his room. She goes, don't worry. Jordy and Data are on this. They're going to have all, everything that happened, all the data. And the truth will come out, Wes. The truth will set us free. 
there's got to be some explanation. My Wesley is a gas buddy and doesn't lie and also knows formations that might not be super gas efficient. And Wes says, Mom, don't protect me. Uh, stay out of my business. Uh, then Picard goes to seek out Hagrid, and he says, uh, they say, let's uh, start with the metaphor. Weeds in the pittosporum. Don't let the plants grow. And then he says, you got to pull them with your hands. Picard goes, what about an herbicide? He goes, yeah, you could explore space on a holodeck instead of a ship. And he goes, I need some more Nova Squadron info. And Hagrid says, not good, huh? And he goes, nope. And he goes, remember that big party against Minsk after you won the game of 24? He goes, three weeks of partying after. Picard goes, there's a lot of celebration. It was total upset. And he goes, yeah, the people today are just that proud of Nova Squadron. They won the Rigel Cup. Uh, and he goes, they're, they're the queens and kings of the school. And Nick's their leader. He's their coach, surrogate father, best friend, all in one. And if you ask them to do something, they're going to do it no matter what, even if it means hurrying up and not checking the gas and just going. And Picard goes, a gulp, a gulpy poo. And then he goes and checks in with Data, Data and Jordy. And he goes, you got anything? And they go, well, we're working on it. We got a 53 computational models uh, to simulate everything they were doing. You know, speed, altitude, you know, efficiency. And they go, anything else like uh, strange, Ricard says. And they go, well, there's a little fluctuation in the power. That could have used more gas. And Ricard goes, wait a second, what? Uh, he goes, what could have impacted the efficiency, engine efficiency? And they go, well, landing struts, uh, something with the landing struts, uh, coolant interlock. Uh, and that's unusual. It was supposed to be closed and it was open. And they go, well, why would it be open? Uh, and they go, well, if you wanted to do, did you ever see the movies uh, F Furious and Fast? Remember those? He goes, you know the nitro part? And Ricard goes, yeah, I know the nitro part. Of course I know the nitro part. And he goes, uh, they go, maybe they were doing something like that. that we used more uh, fuel. Ricard goes, that's exactly what they're doing. Coal vote starburst or something. Coolant interlock, WTF, hot rotting it. That's what I put, igniting the plasma. So Wesley has to go to Picard's ready room on Picard's turf. He says, you know what a cobalt starburst is? And Wesley goes, something when you're level one you got to uh, deal with. He goes, no, that was banned since the movie Fast and the Furious came out, man. And Wes goes, well, Nick wanted to do, he goes, or no, maybe Picard says, you know, my theory is Nick wanted to go out in a blaze of glory, right, Wes? Uh, am I correct? And Wes says, I choose not to answer. And he should be gulping because Picard goes, you choose not to answer. He goes, you already answered. And Wes goes, I answered, goes, I, I answered with the, the minor versions of the truth, uh, and because you neglected to mention about the Fast and the Furious stuff, uh, and omission is still not the truth. And Picard goes, you know, I let you on the ship, I let you sit in my chair, I didn't like kids, but I started to like you, made you an ensign, thought you were going to be an officer, never questioned it till now. 
He goes, the first duty of every Starfleet officer is to the truth, the scientific, historical, a personal guiding principle. And he goes, if you can't stand up for that, I don't know, even know what to say. And he goes, I'll make it simple for you. Either you tell it, tell it, or I will. Uh, either way, it's coming out. Uh, I love how I say, you choose not to answer. Totally happy, not happy, scorned. So then we go back to Wesley's dorm room. He's Wesley's pacing. Nick shows up and Wesley's totally, you know, Nick, we're busted, man. Totally busted. And Nick is, a, my, I think he may be actually working today in politics because he says, uh, totally busted. He goes, what, is, uh, what does Picard have exactly? He goes, he knows everything. He knows Fast and the Furious. Uh, he's seen those movies, uh, figured it all out. And Wesley says, uh, he, what, Nick says, well, what proof does he have, though? It's just a theory, right? And he goes, if he says that's his theory, we'll say that's a great theory. Uh, and uh, But that's not the truth, uh, unless you have any proof, Commander Picard. And Wesley goes, I'm not going to call him a liar. He goes, no, it's not a liar. Just say you're misinformed. And they go back and forth. Uh, and Nick again says, who are you committed to, man? The team or yourself? Because uh, I'm committed to the team. And he goes, what are you, like, going to do the T you know, T T. He goes, what, are you going to spill your beans on the team? And uh, he goes, stay loyal to the team. That's what it's about. Uh, uh, don't make us pay for your guilty conscience. Wes goes, well, but I'm a member of the team, so you're going to let me take the fall for the team? And he goes, yep, uh, that's what's most important. And they say, heck no, totally. He goes, Picard totally played you, man. It was just a good speech uh, to turn you against your friends. Uh, save the team, I would. They go back, and the case is almost closed. They go, we have our doubts, but we can't prove anything about... Uh, you guys hot riding around. And if there's no further evidence, Admiral Brand says, I ring the bell. But for some reason, Wes waits until after she rings the bell to come clean and totally clean. He goes, we let Josh down. We were supposed to be gas buddies and we weren't gas buddies. We were get up and go buddies. Uh, and uh, Wes Picard and Mr. Locarno took the fall in the, oh, so then, uh, yeah, so Wes tells him everything. Yeah, we, we uh, I wasn't telling the truth. We were, we were hot riding it, trying to make like Fast and the Furious 7. And we never checked Josh's gas gauge. And uh, so that's it. Was, uh, and then Picard, we see Picard and Wesley in the garden. And uh, the, this is afterwards, after some time. He goes, so Locarno's out. Uh, and Wes goes, we, we should all get kicked out. And McCarthy goes, almost did, but Nick took the fall for the team and said he, you know, pressured all of you. And Wes goes, just like he said he would, that he tried to guilt me into, and then it didn't work, so then he did it himself. Uh, and Wes goes, I, have, I, you know, I let everybody down. I feel awful. And Picard goes, you should. And uh, you'll get a reprimand and lose all your credits for the year, and you'll have to stay at school with everybody not liking you. Difficult times ahead. And Wes goes, yes, sir. And he goes, well, you knew what you had to do. I just made sure you listened to yourself. Goodbye, ca cadet. And Wesley says, goodbye, captain.
Oh, also at 4330, Wes says, I feel awful. Sounds just like Charlie Brown. Yeah, I liked that. I mean, and uh can't believe his credits got taken away, but it makes sense. Uh, and that's how the episode ends. Okay, so I want to cover a couple of things I want to look up here after this episode. One was like, what is Earth uh, in Star Trek The Next Generation? Because they visited Earth. What's the situation on Earth? And this is from the Memory Alpha Wiki. Uh, Earth, uh, also known as Soul 3, Terra, Telus, uh, or the World, is the inhabited third planet of the Soul System, homeward of humans and the Voth, uh, among others, capital planet of the United Federation of Planets. In 2150, the planet was unified under the United Earth government, became a member of the Coalition plan of Planets in 2155, and the United Federation of Planets in 2161. The President's Office, the Federation Council, and Starfleet Headquarters, and the main uh, campus of Starfleet Academy are on Earth. It's, uh, as we know, spherical-shaped. Uh, some people don't, but... Uh, planet uh you know it's earth we live on around soul we're in the alpha quadrant 90 light years from the boundary to beta quadrant and 16 light years away from vulcan 90 light years from klingon homeworld and for those of you who into into wild times 90 light years away from risa uh, in the late 19th century, the, Earth, uh, the orbit of the Earth was depicted on a German map of the inner solar system. Yeah, then, so that's just about maps. Uh, history, let's see what it's got about the history after 20, 2018. Uh, from mid-20th century onward, uh, man and unmade spacecrafts were launched. Uh, uh, continuing on to the 24th century... Uh, from the 22nd to 24th, where major construction projects in orbit of Earth uh, expanded its expansion into space. Uh, some of those are Warp 5 Complex, San Francisco Fleet Yards, Space Dock, Earth Station McKinley. And with 2063, the first successful flight of the Phoenix, Earth became warp capable. Uh, according to Daniels, I don't know who that is, but uh, Earth still existed in the 31st century. 31st century. Maybe that was a, that uh, scientist, uh, uh, maybe not in the same way as it had before. Earth had to deal with you know, a lot of stuff that kept Star Trek interesting, a lot of uh, ups and downs. Uh, so I think that's a, that's just a little bit about Earth and uh in, in in the Star Trek universe. Now, what about Ready Room? This comes up uh, in the episode, in a lot of episodes. It's, it's, Commander Picard has a Ready Room, and it's it, there's a Ready Room and aircraft carriers. So that's where off-duty, on-duty pilots stand by to fly their airplanes, uh, and they wait. Uh, some kind of times viewed as a club a club room. Uh, like just a waiting room. Uh, the Star Trek version is more likely the captain's sea cabin, which was a place, uh, you know, like a cabin on a ship, uh, which the commanding officer would have the great cabin that was normally the width of the stern with large windows. Uh, let's see a little bit about Picard's ready room from uh, Memory Alpha. 
or I guess in general. Yeah, this was a personal office reserved on the commanding officer in the starship, access from the bridge, where the captain could engage in administrative work uh, with all the equipment without being interfered with or inter- interrupted and have in- instant access to the bridge and hold private discussions and receive classified communications. So that's kind of a nice little summary of that. I think that's good. Uh, what about Commander Alpert? He came up in this episode. He was Josh's dad. And he was his operations division Starfleet officer in the 2360s. Uh, uh, that's it all. all uh, but he was played by Ed Louder, uh, L-A-U-T-E-R, uh, who was an actor and a stand-up comedian and appeared in more than 200 films, TV series, so a career over 40 years, born in Long Beach, New York, uh, and uh, went to CW Post campus at Long Island University. Uh, his first uh, uh, role was in the Broadway production of uh, The Great White Hope, a boxing drama. He was on the TV series Mannix, uh, uh, he was 6'2 and known for his height and balding looks, according to Wikipedia. He was in the film Family Plot, uh, The Short Night, Longest Yard, Kong, The King of Kongs, uh, but actually did another way. Uh, Time Rider, My Blue Heaven, The Rocketeer, The Artist. He's been in a lot of TV shows, uh, How the West Was Won, uh, Psych, X-Files. Uh, Kojak, 18, Miami Vice, Magnum P.I., A Booker Charmed, Highlander, Law and Order, Star Trek, uh, Equalizer, The Waltons, E.R. Uh, so really, I mean, definitely a familiar face and a really talented uh, actor. What about Boothby? That's uh, Picard's Hagrid. Uh, Boothby was a good, good groundskeeper, a human uh, Starfleet Academy in San Francisco during the 24th century, probably born in the 2260s. And uh, he was disdainful of herbicides and high-tech devices. And you know, most of it's covered, I think, only in this uh, this episode. I don't know if he's if he, is he in any other episodes. Oh, there was alternative Boothbees, yeah. Uh, in uh, With uh, C- Catherine Janeway. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess uh, Boothby comes up more than once. But Boothby was played by another famous and familiar face, uh, Ray Walston. I watched this episode with my parents the first time, and they said, oh, that's my favorite Martian, which I'm not familiar with. I mean, I've heard the term and seen the pictures, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, but he was the t- title character on My Favorite Martian. He was in South Pacific, uh, Damn Yankees, The Sting. Yeah, you probably knew him as Mr. Hand from Fast Times at Ridgebond High. Some people might know him as Judge Henry Boone Bone from Picket Fences. Yeah, but he's been in a lot of film, a lot of television, and a lot of Broadway. Incredibly, incredibly talented. And uh, yes, yeah, Mr. Hand, you can't. Uh, and I think they also had a TV show in the ni- early 90s uh, or the 80s. Uh, and he's been on Night Court, L.A. Law, Picket Fences, Star Trek Next Generation, Voyager, uh, appeared in Hamlet, uh, 
Uh, it was in an opening credits of Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories of Mice and Men, uh, Dr. Quinn Madison Woman. So great, great. Uh, oh, Adam's Family Reunion. I didn't even see that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Seventh Heaven. So really a great character, uh, Ray Walston. What about Hagrid? Let's drop a couple of Hagrid facts here because I don't really know any. Head over to Wikipedia. Fictional character in uh, Harry Potter, introduced in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, half-giant, half-human, uh, gamekeeper, keeper of the keys and grounds of Hogwarts. Uh, then becomes the care of a magical creatures teacher, and he's also revealed to be an order spoiler of the Phoenix. Uh, Agrid was among the characters that J.K. Rowling uh, said she created on the very first day. She explained the source of the name as an other Old English word meaning, if you were Hagrid, it's a dialect word, you'd had a bad night. Uh, Hagrid's a big drinker, he has a lot of bad nights. Uh, his first name, Rubi- Rubius, maybe, is uh, Latin to reflect alchemy, and a contrast to Dumbledore's, uh, pa- his passion to Dumbledore's aestheticism. Uh, let's see. Uh, converse, the character of Hagrid and conversation between him, Harry, Ron, and Hermione and his utter expository throughout the series uh, due to the fact that the trio frequently discover things about Dumbledore and Hogwarts by talking to Hagrid, who lets information slip out. Uh, he was in Gryffindor House as a student, and uh, but he got kicked out... Uh, because he had a pet uh, that they didn't like. Um, but Headmaster Armando Dippet agreed to train Hagrid as a gamekeeper, allowing him to stay at Hogwarts. And by the time Harry got there, he was uh, promoted. And then you have to read the books uh, or watch the movies for any more. Uh, but Hagrid's, Hagrid's, you know, nice. I think he's probably, I don't know if he's grumpy. I'm, I'm uh, just getting ready to watch all the movies in a row at some point soon. Also, Richard Fancy, the actor, had a role in this uh, as a uh, administrator, a Vulcan administrator. And I said to myself, uh, where do I know Richard Fancy from? It ends up Richard Fancy was uh, Mr. Lippman on Seinfeld. Uh, also been in Wonder Years, uh, Prime, uh, Nixon, uh, Boston Legal, so General Hospital. I said, well, I didn't watch General Hospital. Maybe I, so that's where I said, hmm, where am I recognizing Richard Fancy from? Um, but that's, uh, that's uh, yeah, but uh, it was to change the subject, I guess I just ordered uh, all the Blu-rays of Harry Potter. So I'm going to get to watch those. I don't really watch a lot of Blu-ray or I don't watch any, any too much on physical media, but I don't know if I've seen all the the Potter movies. So I'm not, you know, not to, to change the subject from Star Trek, but I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, not to do any episodes because those are way too deep. Uh, also, I think I mentioned Newt Scamander is now my like I said, who I can't believe uh, I didn't see the first movie in the theater, but I will see the second one. I don't know. I was really proud to see. 
a hero that was kind of reminded me of uh, an heroic awkwardness uh, without being fixated on his awkwardness. Uh, he was just being himself. Uh, I really thought it was a, a wonderful uh, uh, moment. Uh, like, uh, I don't know, just a wonderful film and portrayal. Uh, so thanks, J.K. and Eddie and everybody else involved in that film. And, uh, you know, rest and, and know that uh, you, too, as yourself, deserve a good night's sleep as you uh, get more comfortable in bed there. Good night. I want to thank everybody who supports the show on Patreon, uh, Raymond, Sergio, and Cheryl. Uh, thanks, 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 and good night. Alana, uh, Hannah, and uh, Sarah with a C. Thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Hannah. Nicole and Steven, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Jenny, Tessa, and Rebecca, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Jay, Elizabeth, and Michelle, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, another Hannah, uh, Evan, and Sue, thanks, thanks, and, thanks, and good night. Uh, Leah, Paul, and David, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Rebecca with a K, JC. And Brooke, thanks, thanks, and thanks, and good night. Uh, Michelle, Mark, and Dennis, thanks, thanks, and good night. A donut, a Jackie with an I, and Samantha, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Tatiana, E A, and Amy, thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Uh, Kenneth, Kristen, and April, thanks, 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 and good night. Abby, Heidi, and Betsy, thank you, thanks, 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 and good night. Shelly, Abby, and Daniel. Thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Julie, Deborah, and Katie. Thanks, thanks, and good night. Anne, Laura, and Joshua. Thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, JR, uh, Joanne, and Rachel. Thanks, 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 and good night. Alicia, John D, and John B. Thanks, 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 and good night. Aaron, Lee, and Will. Thank you, thanks, thanks, and good night. Diana, Dale, and Charat, thanks, thanks, and good night. Emily, Don, and Margaret, thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Jeannie, uh, Christina, and Chelsea, thanks, 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 and good night. Sean, Sam, and Catherine, thanks, thanks, and good night. Casey, Jay, and Donna, thanks, thanks, and good night. Mir, Jason, and Lee, thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Jennifer, uh, LPM, and Brett, thanks, 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 and good night. Uh, Jason, Anthony, and Yannick, thanks, thanks, and good night. And Gene and Karen, thanks, thanks, and good night. Thanks, everybody, for supporting the show on Patreon. If you want to be wild like these people I just listed and uh, support a free podcast, you say, well, I could benefit out of it. Let me support it. Uh, become a subscriber. Uh, just like the other things you subscribe to, uh, go to sleepwithmepodcast.com slash patron. Sleep With Me is part of Night Vale Presents. You can check out all the great shows at nightvalepresents.com. And we're also part of PRX over at prx.org. Good night, everybody.